so today we're going to talk about healing three ways. Amen. There are many more, but we'll go with three of them for today. In Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, that's always our cornerstone scripture. That's where we start. And it says here, my son, attend to my words, pay attention to my words. Incline is starting in verse 20. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health or medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart diligently. Amen. Don't let uh, uh, anger, fear, animosity, just keep that out of your heart. Don't let that creep in and start to meditate on uh, ideas of fear, ideas that the word won't heal you, or ideas that it's too late or you've gone too far, or it won't work, you know, for you. Uh, this is for you, and you you receive it for you, because God wants everybody well. He doesn't want anybody sick. Jesus paid a big enough price for all of humanity to walk healed and healthy every single day. Amen? But we have to partake of the word. We have to be careful what we listen to. And there may come a time where you will have to challenge what the natural experts tell you. Remember this. You are not a statistic. You are a child of God. Amen. You have a personal covenant with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through your good works or whether you deserve it. It's through him. And what he says goes. What he says will manifest greatly in our lives if we will believe it and hold on to it. Many people think they're in faith, but what they're really into is what they call mental ascent. And that's why a lot of people get bored when the word comes forth. If you pay attention to this word, this word will keep you well. It will heal you. It will do things for you you don't even imagine can be done because you give it your full attention. That's why I encourage people, when you're in the house of God and the word is going forth, write some things down. You know, don't be like in the old Baptist church where we just sat and if we we sat as judges. We sat and judged what was being taught because we didn't know anything. You didn't know you could get in the spirit and receive. You know, this is how people walk in sick and walk out healed. Is because they pay full attention to the word of God. They diligently hearken to the voice. And that's why it, that stress, so many places where God stresses the attitude that you have to have when you hear. Because he knows we can hear all kinds of different ways. You say, oh boy, here we go again. Or, you know, you relax your attention because it's familiar to you. Well, it's familiar to your natural ears, but your spirit man loves hearing the word of God. He sits up at attention every time the word goes forth. And this is the way we have to be with the word of God. We've got to hide this in our heart. Hide it when you're listening to it. Because in the day when you need it, you can call it back up again. But if it's strange to you in the day that you need it, you're going to be somebody that's just trying to grab on for the first time. But grab on for the first time. You understand what I'm saying? Treat it like it's new. It's like God... I don't know what this word is all about, and I don't even know if I believe the word heals people. You understand what I'm saying? Just be honest about it. 
some of us are 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 fortunate we haven't really needed healing we haven't been challenged in our health but everybody can be amen and everybody's going to have a time where where their health is challenged and the best way to meet that challenge is with the word because if if you got it from man and from natural got healed by natural you weren't really healed you got better you got to the place where it's tolerable but you did not get your healing and that's what god wants us to get he wants us to be healed because he made it available to us so pay attention to this word if you've never written notes before go grab a pen right now and start making you some notes mr chuck has got some notebooks in there in the office go get you a notebook and start writing notes because i guarantee you you're not going to get anything much from sitting there just listening and not it's not going to stick with you he said keep it before your eyes Hide it in your heart. Keep it all those places, ears, eyes, and heart. Amen. And keep it there. And don't be so casual about the word. Many times we're casual because we think we've heard it all. But did you hide it in your heart? Did you grab it and hold on to it? Can you meditate and call back healing scriptures every day? You got me? And so this is why God left his word. We're not supposed to live like worldly people live. You know, that might help you for a minute, but the day will come, it's not going to. Amen. And we've all been there. And if we haven't been there, we're we're going to get there. And so God wants us to grab this word, hide it in our hearts, keep it before us all the time. If you take notes, go home and read them. Amen. Read them during the week. You got five days where you get nothing unless you go to the word on your own. And most people don't do it. Be honest with you. They don't. Because we're we're church oriented people many times. We it I'll get it on Saturday, I get it on Sunday, and and then it's during the week it's you know, whatever else you want to listen to. Well, you know for a fact that what you hear during the week is not coming from God. It's coming from your job, it's coming from friends, coming from neighbors, coming from all kinds of sources. And they their words will not heal you. Got news for you. In fact, when you when you get in a hospital, you gotta lock your door on half the people you know, because they're coming in with something that's way out of whack. It's not going to heal you. So stay focused on the word. Keep it. Learn how to call it back after you leave here. Learn how to meditate and keep it before you and hide it in your heart. That's how you do that. You hide stuff because you grab it and take it with you, not because you just hear it one time. So you have to learn how to stay with the word like that. If it's going to be benefit to you and if you're going to help be able to help other people with your prayers and with your laying on of hands, you know, we're supposed to do that, too. Amen. And God expects us to pray for people. We had a testimony yesterday. Miss Donna, come on up. I'm going to give you the mic and you can share with us. Um, yeah, because it's very important. We understand what we're here for what we're here for we're not just here as window dressing we're here <laughs> workers for god amen just grab the mic and just give the testimony of that young man you have prayed for honey okay if you don't mind praise god is it on So um, there's a young man that lives in my building with his mother. Can you shut me off? And uh, 
I think it's, it's been some months ago this year. Okay. Okay. And so um, I saw him yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So uh, I was with Pastor Shirley yesterday, and so when she dropped me off yesterday, uh, the young man was holding the door open for me because he saw me coming. And so I said, can you come to the car for a minute? Uh, Pastor, I introduced me to Pastor Shirley. So he was telling Pastor Shirley um, he had gotten healed when I had prayed for him some months ago, and he couldn't work. And so he was saying uh, from his neck down all the way down to his arm, uh, was hurting, and so he said, uh, I've been trying to catch up with you. He said, but he hadn't been able to catch up with me, so he said, I'm able to work now because <laughs> he wasn't able to work, and he was so happy, and he was smiling, and he just kept looking back, and so he was telling Pastor Shirley, you know, he described to her, he was describing, you know, like I'm doing now, and so he was just so happy about it, and I was happy for him. I was just happy, period. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, I don't know how long he was off work, but it's been some months this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was finally glad to get back to work. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise God. That's what God expects us to do. When we see people who are sick, we are supposed to pray for them and God will heal them. You don't have to heal anybody. But you have to have the confidence and boldness in God to pray for somebody and lay your hands on them. And this is how you fulfill the Great Commission. It's just not inviting somebody to church, tell them they need to get saved. You know, there's a demonstration of the power of God. This is what what God expects believers to do. We are to lay hands on the sick and they recover. How can you have the faith to do that if you don't have the word hidden in your heart? You've got to do it. There's no two ways about it. We got to get serious about this word, folks, because there's so much hell out there. You know, most of the church is afraid to even try and tackle the drug addict, the home. That's why they drive right past them, go to their nice, comfortable pews and jump up and shout and carry on for two or three hours and drive right past them sick people and them homeless people on the way home. And it's not right. It's not right. We to pray for them to come in, for for us to find a way to attract them so that God can heal them. And when God points somebody out to you, if you're walking down the street or driving, you pull over and say, can I please pray for you? You got me? And you do the work of the ministry. If nobody else is doing it, you do it. Amen? Praise God. So we are to give our full attention to the word of God. Amen? Because it's so easy for your mind to wander. So easy to get distracted. So easy to find other things to do instead of doing the Great Commission and what God has told us to do. I always tell people your ministry begins, the laying on of hands begins with prayer and intercession. You start to intercede for the sick and sure enough faith will grow inside your heart. So you, you pay attention to the word. You, you jot down notes, things that you find are, are pertinent and, and God, uh, uh, embellishes them, enlightens them to you. And you decide, boy, that's a good, good bit of information there. I'm going to remember that. And you start to meditate on that. That's how you hide it in your heart. 
You don't just, you know, sitting up nodding and say yes and all that kind of stuff. That's mental assent. People think that's faith, but that's not faith. You got me? It's just a nod is mental. You got me? That's it. And you, when you hide it in your heart, you let it go deep in your heart and you make note of it. And then later on you get it and you read over what God gave you during the service. That's how you hide it in your heart. And when we have prayer on Saturdays, we pray for the sick all the time. We got a health prayer right in our prayer manual. And that's what has kept most of us healthy, you know, is praying that for years over and over again. Praying for other sick people. Most of us have a list of people that we pray for on a regular basis. If you don't have one, you need to start getting one. You need to start praying for people. You know, this is how you keep yourself healed. When you speak the word, it's a double-edged sword. It helps the person you're praying for, and it, it begins to heal you as well. So you can't deny that God God's word heals because it does. The Bible says it heals, and this is what we rely on to heal. When Miss Donna uh, laid hands on that young man, the anointing and the word she spoke on him did the job. And, and he was able to go back to work. He's, Pastor Shirley uh, told me, she said, that young man said he had headaches every day on top of the pain. You got me? And they stopped immediately. You got me? And God healed him. And he went back to work. So, so prosperity and health go hand in hand all the time. Sickness and poverty go hand in hand too. And you don't want that. You want to be healed prosper and be in health as your soul prospers that's the way god's planned it i've had i've been uh uh financially secure but had sickness in my body and i found out i had to get healed before i was a whole person you can't enjoy anything if you're not well i don't care how much you have and so this can't be a one-way street this has to go both ways so we prosper and we are in health even as our soul prospers, as our soul prospers. So the that is the main way we are healed is through the word. You'll find the word is what heals in every situation where we are praying for people and where we are, are uh, believing God for health and healing. What the first way I want to talk about that, that scripture I give all the time to cover our understanding of how healing happens. It happens through the word. He said, they, the Bible says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the word of God is medicine to all flesh. I don't care whose flesh. If your kitten's flesh needs healing, it heals your kitten. If your dog, your parakeet, your cat, whoever it is, needs healing, this word heals all flesh. Amen? God says he wants our pets to be blessed our cattle to be blessed everything we own is is to be blessed and and to be blessed means to be in health whole sound happy joyful all of that can't be that if you're not well in your body and so the first area we're going to cover is the name of jesus one of the ways god heals is through faith in his name faith in his name Luke 149 says God's name is holy. Amen. His name is holy. And and I've shared this before and I'm going to share it again because so many people 
don't know how to sanctify the name of Jesus. Amen. Luke one forty nine. For he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. Amen. His name is sanctified, set apart for us to use in power and authority over all the works of darkness. So when something is holy and set apart, that means that we have to respect it. We have to hold it in high esteem and not drag it down to a commonplace. When you, when something is holy, it's set apart for a specific use. So God set his name apart for a specific use, and that is to demonstrate his power over all the works of darkness. So if you cast out devils, they're done in his name. If you lay hands on the sick, it's done in his name. If you will keep the name of Jesus reverent and holy and not use it like common people do, like street people do, like a cuss word. Or every time you, you want to say, Jesus, you know, that old religious stuff they do it. Jesus, you know, that, don't do that. Don't ever do that. That name will not work for you in your time of need. That name is not sanctified to you. It is not held in high esteem. You have just lowered it. If you say it more than three or four times in a conversation, it's not sanctified. If you say it every time you feel frustrated and angry, it's not sanctified. If you say it every time you, you want to ex- uh, express some kind of, of, of um, exhaustion or discouragement, or it's not sanctified. That's why we don't have more people getting healed. Because the saints are using it like some kind of casual word. I swear you'll hear it said a lot when people preach. And what are they saying it for? Nobody walks out healed, but they all throw the name around like it's some toy or something. See, religious people like to do that to make think they are impressing you with how holy they are. Don't pick that up like that. It won't work for you. The reason that boy got healed when Miss Donna prayed for him is she reverences the name of Jesus. She has respect for the Lord. You'll throw his name around like it's some toy. Find something else to say. If you got to say something every time you feel upset or you, and then they try to clean it up like they saying, oh, Jesus, Lord, help. No, that didn't help that because you're not using it in the right way. You're supposed to use it to lay hands on the sick and they recover, and you're to use it to cast out devils, and you're to use it in your prayer when you pray in his name. That's when it works. So cut it out and quit throwing his name around because it's not working for you when you need it to work. I can guarantee you that. There's so many people that are looking for deliverance and looking for power and can't get it because they haven't, they don't have the basics right. The early church knew that name and knew there was power in that name. Turn to Acts chapter 3. And when you use it like this, it'll work for you. You use it any other way, you're tearing it down, and you're not reverencing, and you're not going to have the results that these people have. 
This is what you want. Acts chapter 3. This is the story of the lame man. And this man had been sitting outside of the temple um, since he was born. It says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to beg alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked them for some money. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. Now, these they and Jesus had passed by this man many times. Got me? Many times. Why didn't Jesus heal him? You can't do anything unless your name is on that miracle. You got me? We do things by unction. And this is what the, they didn't just decide Peter and John fastening, fast, Peter fastening his eyes upon him. He'd probably done that many times and walked past him. But this time there was an unction there to prompt him to do something different. One of the things that was different is that they were now empowered Amen. To go about healing the sick. And so Jesus told them before he left, he said, when I leave here, I'm going to send another comforter to you and he'll come upon you and you will lay hands on the sick. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. When they reverence my name, when they put faith and confidence in my name. When they know what my name is for and they respect it and use it for that purpose and that purpose only. You didn't see the disciples going around using Jesus' name casually. They used it when they needed it to perform a function that it was designed for. His name is designed for power to alleviate sickness and suffering. Amen. And we as believers have to start reverencing things. The proper way and don't call me old-fashioned and old school i'd rather be old school than no school if you not sanctifying his name you ain't in no school you didn't get that from god and peter fastening his eyes upon him with john said look on us and he gave heed to them he looked at them expecting expecting This makes all the difference in the world. He was expecting to receive something from them. Amen. He might have had money on his mind, but he was expecting. Once you start expecting, your results are up to God. I'm going to say that again. Once you start expecting, the results are up to God. What he gives you, what he provides for you. How many of you had expected a bill to get paid? I just need enough money for that bill. And God sent you at least 20, 30 or $40 or a hundred dollars extra. Yeah, you got me. So you were expecting too little usually is what we do because we expect what we think we can do. We're talking about God here. He's unlimited. Say, God, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Always have your expectors out. Always, don't ever shut down from expecting from God. Amen? 
because you don't know what he might do if he can get it get it to you by your faith faith is always expecting so this man was expecting to receive something from them there were probably many times people stopped and and he would look at their face and would 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 quit expecting come on now a beggar <laughs> you know they're all over the place it, at an intersection where you stop a beggar will come up to you and look and, and you just look away well they know right away they don't expect nothing from that come on now this man could have stopped expecting any time folks he probably got 15 no answers that's why peter told him look at us because he probably would just stick his hand out and keep his head down if they put something in they put something in if they didn't he didn't it's just a routine day so you got to know when god is moving and for us he's moving all the time keep your expector out all the time so peter gets his attention and said look at us don't look now we got something for you and the guy looks up expecting and peter says silver and gold i don't have he said but such as i have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk now we used his name like that all the time this church would be on fire the world would be on fire for the gospel if we can get the saints over in the sanctifying that name and realizing the power that's in its name if they esteem it highly and use it properly the power is in his name that's why the devil tries to keep it hidden from people you got me when you need power you use the name you don't use it casually and he says in the name of jesus christ of nazareth why rise up and walk now these disciples knew they had no power on their own and they had they had laid hands on many people they'd healed many people but this was the first time they used the name you got me before the the anointing was just on them the the bible says jesus called the 12 gave them power to cast out devils and all that stuff they did not do it in his name at that time amen his he wasn't glorified yet and that name didn't have that power yet so they just prayed and and as god as the spirit directed them and they were able to see the results of god so here there's a switch now there's a shift there's a change peter's now being endued with power from on high and jesus left them that commandment before he was ascended into heaven he said go and wait until you're endued with power on high when you receive that power you'll start doing stuff in my name just mention my name it'll happen have faith in my name and it'll happen see the church has lost faith in the name of jesus we don't sanctify it and think it's holy we don't think there's real power in that name if we did we reserve it for when we need power and not throw it around any other time it's because we're ignorant think we're smart but we're ignorant got me religion always makes you think you're smart but you're ignorant and it says he says in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up all in obedience to the unction of god and immediately 
His feet and ankle bones received strength. And him leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. See, that's what faith in the name of Jesus will do for people, for people in need, for people who are sick, for people who are demon oppressed. That's what faith in his name will do. You must have faith in his name that it's full of power. And all people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was the man who sat and asked for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered the people. Ye men of Israel, why are you marveling at this? Or why you look so earnestly on us as though our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? So immediately he gets the attention off of them and gives glory to God and tells them how it was done. Which means anybody believing can do the same thing. Believers. not church people or whoever's in the temple or the synagogue or who the disciples approve of it's believers anybody hearing this you and i can do this and he says the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob our fathers has glorified his son jesus whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of pilate when he was determined to let him go but you denied the holy one and the just and desired a murderer to be granted to you. When you deny the name of Jesus, you release whatever the enemy is going to have. You got me? Yeah, sanctify this name. Yeah, believe there's power in this name. And use it only when the unction comes for power. Got me? And kill the prince of life whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name. His name through faith in his name, has made this man strong. This is what you've got to believe the name of Jesus does. It makes a person strong. It makes them whole. It makes them healed. It takes away all sickness. It gives power and soundness. He says, through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. You know this man. The only difference between him then and now is faith in his name. We believe in the name and the power in the name of Jesus. And he says the faith which is by him hath made him this, given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Amen. And so these are the things that we must understand are important to know in the healing ministry. You're all called to the healing ministry. You have the spirit of Christ in you. You're called to the healing ministry. You're called to lay hands on the sick. What do you think you're here for? Take flowers to the hospital? I don't think so. You're here to pray for the sick and they'll recover. You got me? You're here to pray for people. When the unction comes on you, just keep studying the word. Keep listening to the word. Keep building your faith so that when you pray, keep praying for sick people, interceding for them. Put yourself to work. Amen. 
you don't want to just be sitting watching everything happen. You're here to participate. Amen. God wants you to do the work of the ministry, every single one of us. And so Peter said, by faith in this name, this has is given this man perfect soundness. It's so easy. Just believe in the power that's in the name. Amen. Some people try to believe in the unction or believe in the 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 anointing it's transferred but it's authority that comes in his name if his name is not mentioned it won't happen amen you've got to declare things in his name this is what he instructed us to do turn to mark 16 i'm going to read that so we all are on the same page And starting in verse 14, afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So they had faith to believe that Jesus was risen from the dead. That faith will increase after the day of Pentecost. Amen. They got Pentecostal power after the Holy Spirit came upon them, but they had faith to believe that he was raised from the dead at that point see if faith would have worked just like it worked for the rest of them you understand poor mary she run around telling everybody and they don't believe her you know hold on well okay okay mary it's a thou. you know what i'm saying and, and and but they had they could have easily mixed their faith with what she told them and been believers and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, we're talking about the baptism into the body of Christ, not water baptism, not necessarily baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is superior to water baptism. You know, there's no power unless you give it power in that 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 being dunked in water. You got me? The power comes from on high when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe we should do them both because it's to fulfill all righteousness. But you got to understand what's what here. You know, there's several baptisms. John had a baptism. That was water unto repentance where people turned away from sin and turned toward Christ, followed him till they got here. You got me? And beyond. So that was for followers, disciples of Christ. They turn away from the world and turn to Christ. The baptism he's talking about here is to be identified with the body of Christ through the new birth. you got to be born again for any of this stuff to work for you. So it doesn't say born again here. It says baptized shall be saved. He that believe not shall be damned. So if you don't believe in in being born again, that's the only unpardonable sin. You refuse Christ's salvation, that X's you out. Amen. If you believe in Christ and get baptized in water and get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the remission of your sin and for empowerment from on high. And these signs shall follow them that believe. We are interested in the signs. Amen. In other words, Jesus said, you don't have to show nobody a baptism certificate. You don't have to pray in tongues in front of nobody. Just prove who you are by what you do. Amen. 
old Pentecostal people were, yeah, I, I, you got the spirit. You got, okay, so what do I do with it now? Hello? Don't stop there. Go do something. These signs will follow them that believe in my name and the power of my name. They will cast out devils in my name. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and touch any deadly thing that won't hurt them and they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. So your power over the devil, that it, it seems to come in that order. Now, many people don't think they have, they think casting out devils is something you do down the road somewhere. But you couldn't cross the street if you didn't have authority over the devil. He'd send something to run over you real quick. So you have that authority. Amen. You have that vested in you. The Bible says resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That's why we don't have many many demons fleeing people. They don't resist him. That's all you got to do is tell them to leave you. Go. I don't want you. I used to belong to you. I belong to you no more. Amen. People have used the name of Jesus, the authority, and resisting the devil, and, and not even known that much about God. This will work for anybody who believes in that name. Lola Falana was a dancer during the 60s and 70s. And she started, she said, I, I, I would start to feel numbness in my leg. She said, a feeling would come over me. And I would get this numbness and it would go away. Well, she was an entertainer and a dancer. She wasn't used to being weak. And she said it persisted. It would come and go and persisted for a season. She went to the doctor and they told her they thought she had multiple sclerosis. MS. And she said that when she went home, she started to pray and she started to think about when she was a little girl. And she went to church and she knew Jesus. And she said, this thing would come in my room and try to take over me, stand over me. She called it a thing. So she had enough sensitivity to know it was, she said, and I told you, leave me alone. I belong to Jesus. I don't belong. You can't have me. I, now, this is somebody out in the world doing her doing, but she's got sense enough to know who she is. Still, deep down, her spirit knows who she is. And she said her symptoms started to disappear. She got better, and she fell on her knees and gave her life to Christ and never went back. Them, them people that had booked her, they said, uh, I'm not coming. Nope. No way. Amen. She's still alive today. She works for God. She works with the Catholic Church, which is what was familiar to her. But she's living for God ever since then. She was a young woman during that. She wasn't, you know, up there where you, well, you know what else I'm going to do that. Uh-uh. She was young, pretty. Everything going for her, but she knew who she was on the inside. So if that name worked for her and she's out dancing in the world, it'll work for belief. She believed in the name. She believed that when she gave her heart to Jesus, that was real. And the devil didn't have a claim on her anymore. Amen. So us believers ought to be believing. Amen. That If she can believe, we can believe. So faith in his name. 
will do his in his absence what he did when he was present on earth. Faith in his name will do in his absence. And he's not really absent. He's with you. He lives in, in you and all of us believers. His name is holy. We said that. So sanctify it. Keep it set apart for the work of the ministry. Amen. Not for just slinging around when you feel like it. That doesn't make you, don't ever elevate yourself to the point where you can be familiar with God like that and other people like can't. Like you look down, well, they don't know. I know what I know. I know what the Bible says. And I know when I want the name of, uh, when I want the devil to stop, I use his name because I know that name is holy. It's set apart. I sanctify it. I keep it reserved for the things that God has told me to use it for. And that is in his name, taking authority over the works of darkness. Amen. And stopping evil. Amen. The Bible says the king, when he sits in his throne, scatters evil with his eyes. So you're seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. The devil should be at least 10 or 15 feet away from you. Cross the street or something. Can't follow you everywhere you go. Come on now. You're supposed to have that that distance that you keep from him. Where he dare not cross that bloodline because of who you are in Christ. Amen. And so this is this is how we're supposed to live, folks. You're not supposed to live cozy with the works of darkness. They're supposed to be far away from you. Oppression is far from us, the word of God says. Amen. So uh, John fourteen thirteen, his name grants us what we ask for. This is faith in his name, in prayer, and in asking. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. This John 14 and verse 13. It said, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. If you ask this in the authority of my name, I'll do it. And and what you ask according to the word is the same thing as asking the Father in his name. His name punctuates his word. Amen. And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, we are allowing him to come in and do the work of the ministry and do the work that and grant us that request. Amen. In John 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you, as my father has sent me, so send I you. Oh, I'm sorry, 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you might have life through his name. So signs follow his name. There is life in his name. His name brings life to everything. His name brings a dead limb back to life. His his name brings paralysis, takes paralysis off. His name brings life to everything that it speaks to and that we pray in. So his name is a uh it's it's a, a substitute for his essence, his presence, his life. So when we speak the name of Jesus into a dead limb, or a paralyzed limb. You are speaking life to that limb. 
Some life is coming in. Sometimes people do it for a minute if nothing visible happens. That's the worst thing in the world you can do. you got to believe that this scripture is true. Every time you use his name, you're bringing life into things that were dead. You speak it like you start speaking to a dead marriage or a, a house full of strife or a, a church that's dead. You start speaking, Lord, in your name, I speak life to this place. Let your life permeate every pew. Let your life permeate every seat. Let your life be on the doorpost and let your life be outside the door to draw people in here. We speak life in your name, Jesus. Let life come into here. And allow that life to permeate everything. It will do it. Amen. It will do it. We got to have faith, folks. God has left us so much. Sometimes I look at, at, at some of these older teachings and I say, boy, we could just believe all this stuff, you know? And we can. We just have to stay steady at it. You know, you can't have one, one day of, of church and, and six days of nothing. And think it's gonna, you know, you gotta get strong. You gotta commit yourself to this. Jesus committed himself to you. What's holding you up? You understand what I'm saying? You have to commit to this. Amen. This has got to be like your new best friend. Amen. So signs follow his name. Mark 16, 17, and 18. We said that. So the first way he heals is through faith in his name. Sanctify it. His name is holy. Don't drag that name out when you just want to say something. Don't do that. That diminishes the power and that name won't work for you. You think it's working, but it's not. Because you can't work that name unless you sanctify it. Sometimes you're just living off the prayer of agreement and don't know it. You got me? I mean, this happens. God will bless you because you agree with people. And you find that when you try to take authority yourself, all chaos breaks out against you. Quit doing it. Learn something. You know, learn, learn from these things. God, I gotta sanctify your name. I gotta remember your name is holy. I'm only gonna use it when I need it to, to bring, uh, uh, peace here and to end strife and chaos. Brother Hagen was, was one of those people, the senior Hagen. He was a stickler for these things. You know, and people would look at him, you know, people are so casual and, you know, I used to feel sorry for him sometimes, you know, you hear him teaching in some of his tapes and there was silence there. People say amen, he'd get mad at him, say amen, y'all, you know, and people just, just sit there dead and he's still teaching, he's gonna be, he's gonna be faithful to what God tells him to do. But they said that if you went to a family function and he was there, everybody straightened up. And if they wasn't straight, they got straight in a hurry because they didn't understand what he tolerated in the things of God and what he didn't. And and somebody said there was some little family together. There was some unsaved people there too, and and there was an argument broke out in 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 a, another room in the house, and all of a sudden everybody shut up. And they say we don't know what he did, but we know he did something. See, you can stop strife. Do you understand me? When when God comes in with you, he takes control over that situation. Takes control over that room. You don't get to do what you want to do. 
if there's a sanctified saint who honors that name and has that name in high reverence, it always worked for Brother Hagin. Fancy that. Don't work for everybody. Fancy that. Maybe we could learn something from him. Just a thought. Just a thought. So signs follow that name. Amen. It's supposed to follow his name. So be careful how you use it. I'm re- I can't reiterate, reiterate that enough around saints because we have a tendency to get casual about God. You know, we start grabbing all kinds of Hebrew names and them don't work like the name of Jesus. I'm real sorry. We've had an upgrade. We're in a new covenant. Why are you still in the old? They think they sound better than you because they can use some Hebrew name. And they couldn't tell you what it means in a million years. So don't go the way that way. Just stay on the main road. Don't get, don't get crazy, folks. Don't, don't get that way. There's nothing new under the sun. Maybe you need to learn how to meditate more on what you have. It'll start to come to life in you. I'm going to say it again. Learn how to meditate on what God has given you and let it come to life in you. It will come to life in you if you reverence it and you meditate. You reverence, you, meditation so much reflects what you desire, what you love, and what you respect more than anything else. Meditation does. Your wind song stays on his mind. You know, the world is full of examples for us about how when we carry something away with us in our thinking, how that is so important to us. Amen. Married people know the reason you got married is you couldn't forget about her. You couldn't forget about him. Oh, man, I'm going across the street. I ain't thinking about y'all. You bunch of liars. Cut this out. Huh? If we'd have had speed dialing cell phones back in the day, that brother never would have gotten away as long as he did. You understand what I'm saying? And we need to be that way about the word of God. Hide it in your heart. Why? Because the devil's going to take it out. He'll get you to thinking about something else you're not supposed to be thinking about. Soon the word is going to swoop just and left you just that quick. And I like sitting down. Don't y'all make me get up again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So so we're going to take the word, hide it in your heart. He says their life to those that find them. Have you found it yet? Well, go back and open the book. You didn't hide it in your heart. So go back and open the book again until it gets in your heart. And hide it in there. And that way you can pull it up for a snack later on. I felt so good when I was in church. You know, and see, we think it's emotion. When you're not trained and not taught, you think it's emotion. You know, you felt good when you were under that word. You, You enjoyed that word. But really, it was the power of the word. And you can pull that back up anytime you want to have that quote-unquote feeling again but we know it's more than a feeling amen it's life 
it's health. Everybody prefers life over death. You come out of the world, you know, you come in here from the world. This is a sanctuary for a reason. It's a safe place to learn about God. It's a safe place to talk about the things. It's a safe place to talk about miracles because you won't get ridiculed in here when you talk about a miracle. Amen. You get out in the world and you liable to hear anything. But in here, it's a safe place. It's what a sanctuary is. And that's what your heart is. It's a safe place for God to reside so that he can feed you constantly. He can help you understand the word. He can help you know that the word is not limited in any way. It's full of power. Every single word of God, the Bible says there's no word of God that's without power. It's all got power in it. From the commas to the jots to the tittles, whatever. It's all got power in it. Amen. When you read by his stripes, I am healed. Period. End of sentence. You mean there's power in that period? There sure is. Because there's no ifs, ands, or buts behind it. By your stripes, you are healed. There's no comma there to tell you there's some kind of substitution or some kind of um, exception. Everybody's healed by his stripes. Amen. That's the only thing that does heal us. Jesus owns healing. Nobody else has it but him. The owner of healing lives in you. That means you can draw healing up anytime you want to. Quit worrying about some nagging something. You know, it's like sometimes we'll have a pain for a couple of days and it goes away. And then the fourth day, we start looking for it again. Ever been there? Need to draw healing up. It's gone. You were healed when it left for two days. Why are you looking for it again? You understand what I'm saying? We just got nothing better to do to check ourselves out for our symptoms. second way healing comes is to feel to fulfill God's healing covenant to fulfill God's healing covenant Matthew 8:17 we'll go there This is one of those scriptures you'll start loving. Amen. If you don't already. Matthew 8, 17, uh, 14. And when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother in the bed and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. And when even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled. He came to fulfill everything that was said about him. He couldn't help himself. He had to do it. God made him do it. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken. By Isaiah the prophet saying in Isaiah 53, himself took our, he himself 
took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So while he was alive, he was taking sickness off people. He's the only one that ever did that. Now, many prophets in the past had prayed for the sick. They had laid hands on the sick. They had prophesied to them or they said, God is going to heal you. And it happened if you dip seven, whatever it was, they ministered healing. But he himself took sickness off people. Peter's mother was there on the bed sick. And it doesn't say she asked for it. She was just laying down. He approached her. Amen. Now, that was a faith household. But this is the other thing. It don't, you can't say her faith did anything. Cause you'll see where she had, she had laying down. And healing walked over to her and touched her and picked her up. Why? To fulfill prophecy about him. That it might be fulfilled. That was spoken. These are the amazing things about God, folks. You can't put him on a step and formula basis. I double dog dare you to try. The other thing, too, is that his disciples are working for him. They have received him as a prophet of God. And whoever, what, receives a prophet in the name of the prophet gets what? And that's getting up off a sick bed. A loved one's getting up. That that little lady, the Shunammite woman back in the Old Testament got that. She even told the prophet, don't lie to her. How's that for faith? That's the worst case of unbelief you'll see in the Bible where somebody got something from God. So you can get healed by your faith or you can get healed by just sovereign move of God. There's some of these things happen and we can't explain it for nothing. Look at the situations where there's mass healings. You can't go through there and question 10,000 people and ask them if all they all believed. They were all there. And they yielded to a power that was available to them. You understand me? Now, I'm not against using your faith. Use your faith. You're supposed to use your faith. I don't want people to go out of here and say, well, I don't even have to believe God. And I get here. That's a lie. You're a believer. Don't ever talk like that. And there's no shortcut to healing. You understand me? You, you've got to, you've got to build that faith in your heart by hearing the word. That's so easy to do. It's not hard. You're hearing the word now. Put it to work in your life. But here, this woman's lying in the bed sick and he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose. Now, they might have asked Jesus to pray for her, but it don't say that either. Do you understand? But God can do what he wants to do. You see a number of people. You can kind of figure out if you read the story between the lines what happened, if God provides that to us. But there's anything we say as the cause of her healing, other than him just deciding to touch her and raise her up, is is just assumption. You know, it's conjecture. We can do that sometimes. God will allow it. But it's good to use your own faith. The dead boy that they were carrying out of the house. There's no indication the mother asked for anything or anything like that. The woman that that was bowed over, he says she ought to be healed. In other words, she got a covenant with healing. What's this has been what y'all holding her up for? Do you understand me? 
So, so she's an obedient servant of God. And the same thing probably is what happened with, with Peter's mother. With her being a, a holy woman of God, she's got a covenant of healing. She ought to be healed. Jesus touched a lot of people because he said they ought to be healed because they're obedient to the covenant. Amen. Now, now the priests had the ability to get those. They weren't doing it. They were exchanging money and making money and having a good time till Jesus showed up. Chased them all out. Can't be merchandise and, and mercy at the same time, folks. You choose one or the other. So health follows obedience to God's laws. Jesus fulfilled the law, so health comes through him. He's the only man born that that fulfilled the law. And so once he fulfilled the law, the curse was done away with and the ordinances that we couldn't do. Amen? Like go a whole day without wanting to cuss. You know, I mean, something's going to pop up. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, oh, man, here I go again, Lord. You understand? You can't fulfill the law even with the Holy Ghost living in you. Amen? You just got to understand God's mercy. Amen? If you go through your mind and, and trace, check down every thought you had where you want to go tell somebody off, get even with them or some who they think they are, you be at it all day. Amen? Thank God, you know, he quickens us sometimes. He'll convict us sometimes. And nope, you ain't taking that no further. You get rid of that right here. Amen. Let him help you with this. You don't do the law on your own. The Holy Spirit ministers to you what he wants you to be responsible for. So Isaiah 53, 4, and that's where this came from. This prophecy about Jesus. It says in verse 3, he's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for us. We we looked down on him, but what he was doing, he did for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was humiliated so we could have dignity. Amen. He was stripped and he was made sick with our sickness. Amen. On the cross, God made him sick with our sickness. And we were raised up in health in him, which means we can't be sick anymore. But don't give me no buts. I stand on God's word. I speak the truth in Christ. I lie not. Amen. You can't be sick. If he took it already, how can you have it? Now, you can let the devil kill you if you want to. But he took your sickness already. Past, present, and future sickness. He took it all. Amen. So you can't get sick if he took it. Unless you know where to go find it and take it back from him. Everybody's trying to get healed. 
until they come to the church and they want to question all the scriptures. You got me? People out in the world are wishing they could get some. You mean all I got to do is read my Bible until I'm healed? Yes. Hmm. Through faith in his word. Faith in him is faith in his word. So health follows obedience to God. And what we have to obey is the law of love. Love God first. Leave people alone. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then your neighbor is yourself. You love him first and you got something to love your neighbor with. You don't love him first, your neighbor drive you crazy. Huh? You'd be wanting to turn the lights out and lock the door early. They start knocking on your door too often, coming over with a bunch of nonsense. Am I right or am I right? So you can't love people without loving God first. We tried that as sinners. And what did people do? Talk about us? Tear us down, you do good for them. You were so shocked they talked so bad about you behind your back. And the devil always had some little birdie to come and tell you, come and, and give you a little message. Amen. Always somebody coming with the message. They never told you they engaged in the conversation too. They tore you down right along with them. So leave people alone. Unless God tells you to get involved with them. Some people you got to be involved with to a degree. But you don't have to put them in your back pocket and take them home with you. Amen. Love God first. You've spent enough time loving God and, and you won't need people. Not as much as you think you do. Amen. You'll find God has hot and cold running people waiting to do things for you and bless you and try it sometimes. I mean, I think it makes great family harmony because you're not disillusioned when people you expect to do things don't come through for you. You know, you just know God's going to send somebody. You know, I was sitting one day and I was thinking, I said, God, I don't want to get old by myself. I don't want to do this. I won't do that. I won't do that. I said, wait a minute now. All these nieces and nephews with these nice houses and stuff, paying mortgages. I said, I'm going to find me a little corner and, and put me a. You know, do my little Jericho march in the book behind their back when they don't know what's going on and claim me about three full spots. Amen. And get to drive them nuts a little bit. You know, I mean, I, it, but it's as simple as that. God will take care of you. I'm not concerned about it. You understand? And I don't want to be a burden on the nieces and nephews. They don't have to get nervous. You know what I'm saying? But but sometimes your mind runs across little things like that because it happens to people sometimes. But you don't have to be concerned when you love God. He promised he will never leave you or forsake you. You had the most company you ever. You'll never be lonely for company if you learn really learn how to love God and appreciate God. Amen. Because he's your best company. He's been my best company for over 22 years. You know, I had to get off the husband because he was gone. Sometimes you don't have any choice. But once you learn how to love God and put him first, you're not lonely for nothing. You're just making stuff up. 
you know single people they when the holiday comes they so glad to kick their shoes off and not have to go to work they don't even think about being lonely i'm gonna set my clock when i feel like it i'm gonna work for you know i'm gonna be off work for four days get up and eat me some sweet potato pie when i feel like and put the whipped cream down my throat i'll have nobody to ask for whipped cream i can do what i want to do amen So his covenant is fulfilled. His word is fulfilled. He took your burdens, carried your sorrows. We're to believe on him, and the law of faith works for us. Now, what is the law of faith? It speaks on this wise. You say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You have to say it in order for it to work. Now, there are times when you meditate the word often and say it little but you say it you got me you you know in your thanksgiving to god you know you begin to thank god god i thank you for my health i thank you that i am healed because you took a beating for me and my healing's paid for and i'm healed right now i don't have to wait for anything i'm not waiting for this you already gave it to me when you took it in my place you gave it to me We were in Christ when he hung on that tree. Amen. We're in Christ from the foundation of the earth. You were healed before you were even born. Your healing was here first, not sickness. We have so much respect for symptoms and sickness, but you were healed when you were saved. You said, oh, and you were healed really before then, but you engaged in it at the point that you confessed Christ. When you got saved, healing came into you. Amen. It would have to or you never would have gotten over your your rotten little past. Your mind was healed if nothing else was. Because you started wanting to do right and you never had that thought before. Like where would that come from? So you must have gotten healed. You got something. You got a transformation. You You got a new door to walk into. But we're healed. He says he came to heal the broken heart and bind up their wounds. Your heart was broken by sin. It wasn't broken by what somebody did to you. You were born with a broken heart. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Iniquity just magnified it. Amen. Made it more real. But if you weren't susceptible to be hurt, nobody can hurt your feelings by what they said to you. Because many times they can't hurt us now. We wonder what happened. You've been walking with God a few few years. Things that you used to go home and cry over don't bug you. Huh? And it's not because you, you, you know, all that. Something's happened in you. Something's got in there and made you immune to sensitivity for different things. Your ears hear things differently than they used to hear them. Put your God ears on and take them little pitiful ears off, them little Mickey Mouse ears and Minnie Mouse ears that we wear sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? And little megaphones, they magnify everything, make it louder than what it really is. You know, cut it out. Get your healing. Let yourself get toughened up by the word of God. If I can use a phrase, that's one I'll use. But we need to toughen up to a lot of this stuff. 
you ain't as hurt as you think you are. Well, if you are, the devil sure has got a lot of stuff stored for you. He got a lot waiting for people who want to feel everything. Well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that and they ain't going to do it. How you like them apples? And you can't make them. So you might as well find something else to get involved in. Involve yourself in helping somebody. Involve yourself in praying for somebody. God's given us substitute work to do instead of sitting up feeling everything all the time. You need to feel nothing. You know, but the word, power of God, those are healthy things to feel. You know, this kingdom is not about us. It's about glorifying him in everything we do. You can't stop and and rub your wounds because somebody said something to you you thought was the wrong way. Maybe you need to get in a better mood sometimes. You, You understand what I'm saying? There are some days you can go around, if you make yourself, you can go around and feel bad about everything somebody does or says to you. A little pity thing sit up there, your little heart on your sleeve. You know, I remember I was in a women's ministry. We had a, a armband with a little heart on it. We would have this little skit we did for the pity party ladies. And there was a little Miss Woe is Me, and, and she kept walking into people, and, ow, and pumping her little heart. You know, they would say things. She'd bump into them, and, you know, and, and it's nonsense. He's done so much for us, folks. We're healed if we'll receive it. Don't cling to all that nonsense and learn how to forgive people, love people. If you feel people are hurting you on purpose, you're supposed to go and do something for them out of your heart of love. The Bible says that if you think your brother has something against you, you go to him. You don't go to him to straighten him out and tell him off. You go to him and tell him, I want to make up with us. I want us to be friends with or do something for him and tell him you want you want a new beginning. I'm sorry, can we have a new beginning? Can we start over again? God wants me to love you and he wants you to love me. And that's all that's going to work here. You understand? And put that stuff in the grave where it belongs and bury it once and for all. And go on and live. You know? We are waiting on God to do this for that and wait God to do that for us and and all of that kind of stuff. And it's not going to happen if we're living in the past and grudge holding. It's not going to work. You kill everything that comes near you. If God were to bring you something good in your life, you'd step on it because you don't know how to receive things the right way. So love is what heals, folks. He loved us enough to pay for everything so that we don't have to live out of the old stuff anymore. Quit conjuring up nonsense. Learn how to love people. Give everybody a fresh start. Say this, today is a fresh start in my life, in the life of my loved ones. I hold no grudges. I forgive everybody. I hold no animosity. I love everybody. And God, hold me to this confession in Jesus' name. That's the way to get rid of stuff, folks. Don't don't play around with it. Because when you need God, he won't be there for you dilly-dallying around with nonsense. He wants growing. He wants a grown bride. Amen? 
what he could show off and say, look how beautiful she is. She's adorned with my love and my goodness, my peace, my mercy. She spreads all of the fruit of the Spirit everywhere she goes. That's why I love her. Hey! That's why he loves you. You wear him. We're not to wear the old stuff. We're to wear Christ. And he exudes the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't hold anything because he forgives everybody. And that's who we, he's grooming us to be just like him. So be like him. It's accessible to you. Be like him in every single way. Amen. He's coming for us. He's coming for us in all of his glory because he's made us glorious. Praise God. Amen. Listen, if anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you.
pray for people online. Praise God. We're praying for our sister Carrie, uh, uh, Deborah Waldron's daughter. If we speak to her heart, you're normal in Jesus' name. Nobody in this land will say, I am sick. Be healed, Carrie, in the name of Jesus. Anybody who needs health and healing today can receive it right now from the Master's hands. Your sins are already forgiven. His stripes have already been paid. Your healing is paid for. So receive your healing. Say, I receive it now. Keep saying it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Everybody good? Well, I won't ask that question. Everybody healed. Yes. Amen. We'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She can't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I can't get, and whatever it is, and it doesn't have me, whatever it is you're fighting other than that, praise God. And it can't get me. Thank you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen. It is so decreed. Amen again. Praise God. Praise God. 